Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, April 1st. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. It's April Fool's Day, and while I'm not going to play an April Fool's joke on the podcast as much as I might like to, I am going to switch it up a bit. I would like to talk about hope, which is a very positive topic. I want to talk about hope because it's so easy every day to come on here and talk about Ukraine and talk about the economy or talk about Hunter Biden and the laptop or talk about how the left hates the right or the right hates the left, but it gets old. And since it's April Fool's Day, and since someone reached out to me yesterday and said that in listening to my podcasts, it gave him hope, I thought I'd talk about that very topic. I want to talk about hope. Now, while it is a positive topic, you can't really appreciate the positive in something until you look at the negative. It's contrast, right, in everything in our lives that gives us perspective. So let me first talk about what life is like when hope is unavailable because it's either misplaced or displaced. And I'll talk about the difference between those two eventually. So let me start with the military. Post 9-11, we've had 7,052 service members die in combat in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in whatever confrontations we've been in. That's the total, 7,052. But in that same period, post 9-11, we've had 30,177 military commit suicide. The statistics for teens are equally disturbing. There was a 50% increase among teenage girls during COVID of suicide. Emergency rooms were inundated with suicides or suspected attempted suicides by teen girls, and that had increased by 26% during the summer of 2020, increased from 2019. And the increase in 2021 was 50% during the winter. Now let's look at anxiety and depression. The COVID-19 Mental Disorders Collaborators, which is an organization that tracks statistics, said that throughout 2020, the pandemic had led to a 27.6 increase in cases of major depressive disorder and 25.6% increase in cases of anxiety disorder. And finally, suicide ideation, or people who think about suicide, and substance abuse. In a survey of 5,470 respondents, ages 18 to 24, one in four of them had considered suicide in the prior month. The survey was taken in June of 2020. One in four had contemplated suicide in the prior month, May of 2020, and the same amount, one in four, had started or increased their substance abuse because of the pandemic. There's the bad news, right? There's the 
negative side. Those are people who have misplaced or had hope displaced. I can't wait to get to the distinction between the two, but I have to because I want to lead up to it. I've said before on many podcasts, there's only two emotions, love and fear. Every positive emotion that we experience is a derivative of love. So if you're feeling compassion or you're feeling empathy or joy or exhilaration or happiness, those are all derivatives of love. And conversely, all negative emotions are a derivative of fear. So if you're experiencing anxiety or depression or anger or panic or envy or worry or any of the negative emotions, they're stemming ultimately from fear. Now, women and men process fear differently. Women are much quicker to call it fear. They're much quicker to, to even identify that they're experiencing a negative emotion, whether it's anxiety or depression or actual fear. Men, not so much. Men are more likely to just talk about stress or not even talk about it at all and have a heart attack. Men are much less able to identify and articulate or at least release, right? Release their negative emotions. I have a theory and my theory is based on actual experience. You know, I talked in, I think in my last podcast or the one before that about the difference between trusting and knowing. Well, I know about attempted suicide. And the reason is, is that I experienced it myself. When I was 24 years old, I tried to commit suicide and I came very close. I came so close that I was in the emergency room and they were pumping me out, trying to get me back. And I've talked about this too on other podcasts where during that experience in the ER, I had an out-of-body experience, but I don't want to go there now. I just want to talk about that my theory based on my own experience is that people who try to commit suicide for the most part don't really want to die. They've just misplaced hope. And when you misplace hope, you can't believe that anything will ever change. So if you're suffering, whether you're suffering physically, whether you're suffering emotionally, whether you're suffering psychologically or spiritually, I don't care. Whatever you're, I mean, I care, but whatever your suffering is, if you think that suffering is never going to change, then leaving your body, ending your life, however irrational it sounds in retrospect, in the moment, seems like a solution. It seems like a solution to your suffering. And I remember the night I made the decision to try to commit suicide. It was a very conscious decision. I had the sudden realization that if I went home and took all the pills that were in my medicine cabinet that had been prescribed for me, I could stop the pain. And so I did. I tried to do that. Now, what was I missing in that moment? Well, in hindsight, I realized I was missing the hope that something could come along or I could discover something or something would happen that would mitigate that would reduce, that would end my pain. But I couldn't think of it in the moment because I had misplaced hope. Our nation, our culture at the moment is really coming from one of two perspectives. Either we're in a mess nationally and globally due to this president, or we're in great shape 
due to this president compared to the last president. They're the two perspectives. You can pretty much divide the country that way. It probably is the equivalent of saying left and right. But both of those are political perspectives. And our individual lives are not political in nature. So we have to, first of all, start with distinguishing between physical survival and emotional survival, or physical survival and psychological survival, or physical survival and spiritual survival. In a prior podcast, I talked about the actual effect and the impact upon our bodies of being in a perpetual state of chaos and fear, because that's what the chaos generates. It generates fear. And what I talked about was the fight or flight syndrome that when we are feeling fearful, we emit cortisol and other hormones in our body that are meant to be emitted for short periods of time in emergent situations to make us smarter, faster, more able to deal with a crisis, whatever is the threat at hand. But the impact on us long-term of having that fear be a constant in our lives is to simultaneously constantly emit those hormones, which are destructive when they are emitted over a long period of time. And the conditions that cause them are not mitigated or removed. Well, similarly, the impact on our emotional selves, while it may be less visible and less able to be identified medically, the impact on our emotional selves is equally as devastating. And the way that we deal with it, generally speaking, is through escapism. And that escapism is either prescription drugs, because we go to the doctor and we say, I'm really stressed and I can't sleep and I'm, I'm a nervous wreck and I'm yelling at my, my relatives and my spouse, whatever, my children. And so we get a sedative or we get an anxiety medication or we get an antidepressant. We get something to treat the symptom, to escape from the pain. Or we use illegal drugs, non-prescription drugs that are obtained illegally. And we have a fentanyl and a methamphetamine crisis in this country. And part of that is the escapism from what appears to be, to many, a hopeless situation. And lastly, the method that is used is addiction, whether it's to sex or drugs or alcohol or food or pornography or the technology in general. We look to escape from the pain, which brings me back to hope and the difference between us misplacing hope and hope being displaced. When we misplace hope, it's our own doing. It's us failing to believe that conditions can change. It's us getting lost in the muck and mire of our own negative thinking. But there's another way that hope can be gone from our lives, so to speak, and that is when it's displaced. Displaced, I perceive as happening through an external stimulus. It's not something we do ourselves. It's something that's done to us. So I looked up the prefix dis, D-I-S, from the word displaced, and it comes from the Latin, and it means apart or asunder. So I looked up asunder, and asunder means into separate pieces. So that's what hope is experiencing from the outside. It's experiencing being torn into separate pieces. 
all of the stress, the economy, the Ukraine, the Hunter Biden, the president, the Trump, the tech world, the cancel culture, you name it, all of that is pressure put upon us 24-7 in our faces all the time, in our ears all the time. And what it's doing is it's displacing hope because no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. This is physics, right? If you are filled with chaos and fear, if you are filled with all the bad news, there's no space for hope. There's no place for hope to reside. It's being displaced in us. And hope is being displaced from within us a little at a time. In a way, hope is being separated into lots of different pieces that leave us a little at a time until there's no hope left. It's being torn asunder, which, you know, if you think about it, is what's been done to us as individuals and as a culture. We've been torn apart. We've been separated from one another. We've been separated from family, COVID. We've been separated from one another through political tribalism, through cultural tribalism. Separation, whether it's hope leaving you by co- because it's fragmented, because it's being torn asunder from us, or whether it's us from each other, separation is the opposite of unity. Separation falls in the category of fear and unity falls in the category of love because there's only one of us, as I like to say. If you go back far enough, we all have the same origin. We all come from the same source. That's unity. That's oneness. Fear lives off of separation because we're not intended to be isolated. We're social creatures. We need each other. We need that connection. So I've come full circle in a sense in that there's only two emotions, love and fear. Because so many of us are fearful and because so many of us are inundated with the chaos which causes the fear, so many of us have had hope displaced from us. Now here's the good news. You can get it back. You can reach out and pull it back inside yourself. Because hope is also part of your nature. Hope is also part of your birthright as a human being. You have the right to believe universally that the highest principle is a principle of unity, is a principle of oneness. You have a right to believe that love is a guiding principle, that it's not only outside of you, it's also inside of you. And you don't have to buy into the fear and the separation. You can say, I opt out. That's not who I am and it's not what I choose. You are, after all, a free-willed human. You get to choose what you participate in. You get to choose what your thoughts are. And your thoughts will drive what you feel. You know, there's a saying that if you change what you think, you'll change the way you feel. And if you change the way you feel, you'll change the way you act. And when you change the way you act, you change your life and you change the world in general. So let's reclaim hope. Let's reclaim it for ourselves and let's reclaim it for our country, for our culture. Let's stop believing in the worst of us 
Let's stop believing in the extremes and living out there in the extremes of every single subject matter that comes up. Let's bring that pendulum, when it swings to those extremes, back to that more balanced center where optimism can reside because we can see light. As we look forward, we can see solutions. We can see creativity and the many possibilities that exist when we have hope, when we believe in ourselves, when we believe in something greater than ourselves, and when we believe that the future is filled with possibility, not that we are stuck and immobile in an ever-worsening present. That's the illusion, and that's what happens when you are missing hope. I know it works. I reclaimed hope at age 24 after I tried to commit suicide, and I've never misplaced it again. Whenever I feel myself slipping into a place where I question anything about the meaning of life, I always stop myself and make sure that I've gathered hope back into myself, and I remember that change is the most natural necessary and consistent aspect of life. And so everything changes. Whatever it is you're suffering from, there's no cause to lose hope. I can assure you, whatever that is, it will change. This is life and life is change. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And I hope, no pun intended, that I've given you hope for the weekend. You've been listening to Think for Yourself, and by all means, please do think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then... Above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.